Before we start, Father, thank you for this privilege of this platform. Thank you for the new radio stations that you've allowed us to add. Uh, we are so grateful for what you're doing, and I just pray for all the gifts of the Holy Spirit right now to say the exact thing that would minister to a person who tunes at the, in at this moment. Whether it's radio, podcasting, you know every heart. And we lay this time at your feet in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job 3 called Job's Darkness. Job curses the day of his birth. And he said, let the day perish, Job 3.3, 3, on which I was to be born, and the night which said, a boy is conceived. May that day be darkness. Let not God above care for it, nor light shine on it. Notice God's name is there. Job is, is not turned away from the faith. He knows God is there. He knows even God is behind what has happened. But his tone has changed. Whereas he was strong in chapter 1, Whereas he corrected his wife and talked about accepting good and adversity from God. Don't be foolish. Chapter 2. Now in chapter 3, the floodgates open. And could it be that Job sets the tone for his friend's comments? See, in chapters 1 and 2, we laud him, we applaud him. Well done, Job. You're a model, a pillar of faith. But in chapter 3, he's the first one to speak. And then the rest of the book is a back and forth between him and his friends and speeches that are recorded that give us some insight into, uh, you know, life and all of that. But sometimes, here's an application point. The way we respond to a trial sets the tone for our friends and family. And I know that some of you could say, there's been times when I faced a trial and I faced it faith-filled as a believer and I had a good attitude and uh, I set the tone and it was pretty good. But there's been other times when I was just in a terrible place and I was walking around whining and complaining and woe is me and why is me and woe to, and the people and the places and, and man... You know, we tend to jump on board with whatever direction things are moving. Have you ever noticed? When someone actually, like, I have a neighbor that does this all the time. Uh, I'll, he'll ask me something, and we'll, we'll have a dialogue a little bit, and I'll say something, and it won't be like the most positive thing, and then he'll bring a positive spin on it. I'm like, man, John, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I'm glad you think that. Have you ever noticed that someone can just all of a sudden turn something in a positive way and you're like, yeah, you know, I wanted to go all the way down pity lane. Why couldn't you go with me? Okay, we're going to make the right turn right now. You know, and, and we can choose some of that. But I am not going to blame Job for what he goes through right now. And so remember, some of this is uh, from verse three is poetry. But Job's opening salvo is, let the day of my birth die. Let it be erased from the record. It would appear that this family regularly celebrated, perhaps even birthdays. We 
we surmise that it could have been birthdays or harvest celebrations. Regularly, they got together. But Job says, let's not do that anymore. Don't celebrate the day of my birth anymore. Now, some of you are right there because you don't want to celebrate birthdays anymore, right? Some of you are like, we're like, uh, what are you doing for your birthday? And you're like, uh, I don't want to talk about it. What do you mean you don't want to talk about it? Uh, I'm not acknowledging birthdays any longer. I stopped at uh, 39. Now, some of you know that I came up here and I told you my wife and I were celebrating a 29th wedding anniversary on Sunday and appreciate your encouragement and all. You know that we got married when we were 10, right? <laughs> she was a child bride. I was, it was an f- arranged marriage. We were 10. No, just kidding. We weren't. We we're, we were 12. have you ever had a really bad birthday have you ever just had one of those ones that just went south man and like maybe people forgot about your birthday or maybe you thought that the plans would be a little bit more grandiose a little bit more and then all of a sudden birthday didn't go too well and you're like man that's a bummer Well, Job says, I want the day of my birth to perish. I want it to go out of existence. I want it to die. In fact, I want the night of my conception, verse 3, end of the verse, when somebody said a boy is conceived when the pregnancy test was affirmative and it would be a normal time of joy, I want that day to be to perish. I want it to be considered a day of darkness I don't even want God to acknowledge it. I don't want any light light to shine on it. I want it gone. Now, this is the darkest chapter in the book of Job. He says, let deep darkness, ESV, let darkness, New American Standard, and black gloom claim it. Now, those of you who have had a 50th birthday party, you know they bring these black balloons to your birthday party. It's, It's hard enough to consider that you've entered into the decade of senior discounts, Denny's, uh, what's that one organization that sends you stuff? Who is it? AARP. AARP. You're like, no! That's, that's just, when that thing comes in the mail, you're like, send it back. That's the wrong address. AARP. Give me a break. What are they going to send me? Metamucil next? And, <laughs> and they, they give you these balloons, and it's like this dark, and they're, they're, the music isn't like an upbeat disco or something like that. It's more like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's hard. I don't know how old. Job is, but he says, let darkness and black gloom claim it. Let a cloud settle on it. This is reminiscent of Schlepprock for those of you who watch the Flintstones. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. Let the darkness of the shadow of death, the darkness of a mine shaft, says one writer. Let it, let it claim it. Look at the action words. Let it settle on it. Let it Terrify it. Turn over to chapter 10. Job gives us a little bit more. Chapter 10, look at verse 17. He says, 
Thou dost renew thy witness against me, he's speaking to God, and increase thine anger toward me. Hardship after hardship is with me, 1018. When, why then hast thou brought me out of the womb? Would, would that I had died and no eye had seen me. I should have been as though I had not been carried from womb to tomb. Would he not let my few days alone withdraw from me that I may have a little cheer before I go and I shall not return to the land of darkness and to deep shadow, that's the land of death. The land of utter gloom as, as darkness itself, of deep shadow without order and which shines as the darkness. Job is looking at the, his birthday and he's saying, I wish it was just taken out of the record books. Back to Job chapter 3. As for that night, the night I was conceived, or the night of my birth, you can reference verse 3. Let darkness seize it. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of months. In poetic language, Job pictures the darkness claiming the days of his conception and birth. You can almost picture a thick, dark cloud descending and terrifying Job's parents. The night is personified and comes and seizes the child or descends upon the calendar with a black permanent marker to erase that day of the year or even that month forever. That's what Job is saying. Let it be off the calendar forever. Whatever your birthday would be or is, that's what Job is saying. Let darkness just come and snatch the date off the calendar so that it will never be there again. In fact, let it be so that it never existed at all. One writer says, life is so painful that Job wishes the roots of his existence had been recaptured by death and darkness. That he had never existed in the presence of God. He wishes God would rewind the tape of creation and undo the part that led to his existence. Behold, let that night be barren, seven. Let no joyful shout enter it. Let those, who, let those curse it who curse the day who are prepared to rouse Leviathan. Let that night be barren. In Jewish culture, and I'm sure in many of the ancient cultures, barrenness was seen as minimally the disfavor of God, but even potentially the curse of God. The Bible does say in the Old Testament that God opens and closes the womb. So in Genesis 30, Rachel saw that she bore no children to Jacob, and she became jealous of her sister Leah. And she said these famous words in Genesis 30, verse 1 to Jacob. She said, Give me children or else I die. And Jacob responded, he got angry and he said, am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? Rachel's barrenness was devastating. She was beautiful but barren, jealous of her sister. And barrenness was something that was seen as a terrible blight. Now, some of you are thinking, you can take my kids for a week if you want to. I'm okay with that, <laughs> right? But she was just in this desperate place of barrenness. But rather than barrenness being a curse, Job celebrates it as a blessing in verse 7. He said, I wish that night was just a night of barrenness and not conception. I wish there was never a joyful shout at the birth announcement of me. In fact, I'll take it a step further, 8. 
Let those curse it who curse the day. <clears throat> he may be speaking of soothsayers or ancient uh, witches or magicians who are prepared to rouse Leviathan. Now, Leviathan is, uh, gets a lot of treatment in a later chapter in the book of Job, chapter 41. But Leviathan was known as a ancient serpent or dragon. The Leviathan symbol is of a gliding or coiling serpent drawn from Canaanite myths, here symbolizing the wicked nation of Egypt in Isaiah chapter 27. In Ugaritic myths, Leviathan is a mythological dragon, a deity symbolized by chaos. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael Lance has invited you to celebrate Easter at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Early risers can come to the first service at 6 a.m. Just bring a chair and a blanket, maybe a carafe of coffee or whatever you need, and we'll be celebrating the Lord early in the morning as the sun comes up. You're also invited to worship with us at the 10 a.m. service live streamed on the Living Truth YouTube channel. Now, if you haven't been to church in like a year, and remember the shutdowns really came into effect around Easter time last year, it was strange not to be together with the church last Easter. That's not going to happen this year. We're going to be with the saints of God, man. And if you haven't been to church for a while, what a great time to come back. Visit Living Truth Christian Fellowship on Easter Sunday at 6 a.m. or 10 a.m. But if you live outside Southern California or can't attend service, you're still invited to worship with us at 10 a.m. Live streamed on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. Visit walkintruth.com and click on YouTube or download the free Living Truth app. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Now, some of you are thinking, you can take my kids for a week if you want to. I'm okay with that, (laughs) right? But she was just in this desperate place of barrenness. But rather than barrenness being a curse, Job celebrates it as a blessing in verse 7. He said, I wish that night was just a night of barrenness and not conception. I wish there was never a joyful shout at the birth announcement of me. In fact, I'll take it a step further, eight. Let those curse it who curse the day. He may be speaking of soothsayers or ancient uh, witches or magicians who are prepared to rouse Leviathan. Now, Leviathan uh, gets a lot of treatment in a later chapter in the book of Job, chapter 41, But Leviathan was known as a ancient serpent or dragon. The Leviathan symbol is of a gliding or coiling serpent drawn from Canaanite myths, here symbolizing the wicked nation of Egypt in Isaiah chapter 27. In Ugaritic myths, Leviathan is a mythological dragon, a deity symbolized by... Chaos. 
And the ancients said that in the creation of the world, Leviathan opposed the creator. And as the creator was attempting to make the world, this is mythology, but this, this is what they thought, that as the creator God began to create the world, this mythical sea monster, Leviathan, coiled up and fought the creator to try to keep him from making anything in the world. And Job has gotten so desperate that he says, and again, he's speaking in exaggeration and poetry, I wish that one of these soothsayers would have the power to rise, raise up Leviathan so that he could fight God specifically on the day of my birth. Could he just win one time on the calendar day that marked my conception or birth? Can Leviathan just win that one battle against God? Of course, that's, it's just mythology, but that's how desperate Job has gotten. Now, interestingly enough, Bible students, in the Bible, the devil is depicted in two ways, primary ways. He's depicted as a serpent in Genesis 3, who's at the tree, right? May have possessed the serpent. And then in Revelation 12, he's depicted as what? A great red dragon. And in Revelation 12, this is around verses 3 and 4, and then into verse 7, when the male child is going to be birthed, the Messiah that will save Israel, the dragon is depicted as waiting to devour the child. And God, of course, intervenes and rescues the child. And so maybe, just maybe, we have an indication that Job understands where much of this chaos is coming from. It's coming from the enemy. And his prayer or his soliloquy seems to be at this point, I wish that the devil could have opposed God or this mythical serpent at this moment just in my birth situation. I wish that I never existed at all. How many of you have watched those movies? There's a couple of classic movies where people have that wish, you know, I'm such a failure, and, and I just wish that I had never been born. And <laughs> there you go. You're, okay, you're out of existence. And the famous one we all watch at Christmas is It's a Wonderful Life, right? And so in that movie... He gets his wish, and okay, you never existed, and the wind blows, and the angel's name is Clarence, right? And okay, you're out of existence, that's it. And so he thinks that's going to solve his problems, but then he gets to see the town and the people as if he never existed, and the whole story is about how huge of an impact his life has made. He doesn't realize that he's had a wonderful life, he had all these dreams that never came to pass, but he touched so many people. And remember, at the end of the movie, he's been accused of something, and it's been total manipulation. He, he didn't do anything wrong. But anyway, at the end of the movie, all the people that he's blessed start bringing in money, and his brother arrives from the war, and his brother is alive because of what he did earlier in saving him. And his brother, you know, looks at what everybody's given, looks at the honor that they're giving to him. And he says, here's my brother. He's the richest man around because he had an incredible impact on many people. And sometimes in life, you guys, when we're in the midst of a pit of darkness, we get tunnel vision and we forget 
all the things that God has done and is doing in our lives and will do, and we get, the devil wants us to get tunnel vision so that we think our life has no value. He wants you to feel valueless, but you have great value in God's eyes, right? But in the midst of a trial, everything gets magnified, and we start thinking, my life is meaningless. I should just, I'm, I'm more of a pain than I am a gain for people. Just, just let me go out of existence. And this is at the heart of suicide, where the enemy comes to people and says to people, yeah, you are worthless. You should just check out. And sadly, sometimes we get so overwhelmed with our problems that people go there. I don't think Job is going there, but I think Job is certainly at his wit's end with all that's happened to him. He says in another image, nine, let the stars of its twilight be darkened. He uses now uh, day of the Lord imagery. The stars of its twilight be darkened. Like let the light go out of the stars. Let it wait for light, but have none. Neither let it see the breaking dawn because it did not shut the opening of my mother's womb. Or hide trouble from my eyes. Job says, I wish like in the day, one of the plagues on Egypt when there was darkness, or the day of the Lord in Joel 2.10 and 3.15, or Matthew 24.29, let the stars no longer shine their light. Because I wish that my mom's womb was just closed off. Because then I wouldn't have seen all the trouble that I've seen. Have you ever uh, had a moment in your life where you saw something and you said to yourself, I wish I had never seen that. Can you imagine all that Job could be replaying? He's lost 10 children. He's lost his estate, servants, uh, you know, just virtually everything in his life. He could even be rewinding the tape of his wife's comment to him. He's got to be just overwhelmed. Some of the spirituals that came out of African-American slavery, the uh, terrible plight in our country where people were so abused and mistreated, uh, some of the spirituals came out of that time. And I think one of the ones was, nobody knows the trouble that I've seen. Go tell it on the mountain. And even swing low, sweet chariot, coming forward to carry me home. And there were people who in the midst of suffering and, uh, you know, how terrible humans can be to one another, began to find hope in spiritual songs. But a lot of those songs were about escaping the uh, plight that they were going through by ending up in heaven. And Job says, why did I not die 11 at birth? Come forth from my mother's womb or come forth from the womb and expire why wasn't I stillborn? Why didn't I just come out dead? Now, any of you who have gone through something like this know how terrible that is. And we could say, this is terrible. Why would Job ever say something like this? But let's remember that Job is on a journey. And it is easy to watch somebody else's pain from the stands. You've been listening to Job's Darkness, Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Job Chapter 3. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, the Living Truth app is a great way to stay up to date with what we're doing here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, Bible studies, family events, and of course, worship services. If you're out of the area, the LT app has a lot for you too. You can watch and listen to Pastor Michael's latest teachings. Download the Living Truth app in your app store. The Living Truth app is the one with the red logo and the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, maybe you find yourself at a dark place just like Job. Man, you know, um, dark places are hard. And it can be hard when we don't see light. And it seems like the enemy works in the dark places. However, God's light can permeate your darkness, my friend, right now. So if you find your place, yourself in a place of darkness, if you're depressed, if you're bummed out, Maybe you feel like you're at the end of yourself and you don't know what to do. Please stop. Have a Selah moment. That means pause. Reflect on God's goodness. Reach out to somebody who will pray with you. I know, you know, pastors, um, if you have a a pastor, uh, they would be happy to talk with you, pray with you. Uh, A Christian friend, a coworker at work that you know loves the Lord, knows the Lord. And you can always reach out to us at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. I just want to pray for you right now. So that if it's you, and, and brothers and sisters, if you're uh, part of our, uh, our Walk in Truth family and you would just join me in prayer for that person that God knows right now is hurting, Father, would you lift the darkness of our brother, our sister, our friend who's feeling overwhelmed right now. I pray that you would lift it and flood it with your light and draw them to your light, Lord. And I pray that you bring them hope in the midst of darkness. And for all of us, Lord, this has been a heavy season for many, many people. But I pray your light would permeate it like never before. And the gospel of light would be our goal to share. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you right here tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job 3 about Job's darkness. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.